All right, welcome to Down by the Banks. This is episode 35. This is Corey. Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, JK3. Just remember, the podcast is available on all of the podcast things like iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Please leave us a rating and review if you're on iTunes, and you can follow us at Down by the Bank on Twitter and also on Facebook. Um, Derek is not with us tonight because he's chosen work over the uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah. thoughts? What? A- it, it priorities. Where, where are your priorities at? Yeah. You know, just where are your priorities at? I understand, you know, you make your living there at, at, at the, uh, at the establishment, but we are the establishment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really pathetic if you think about it. I mean, like, you know, I mean, is he a real fan is the question that I, that kind of runs through my head, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of real fans, um, you know, shout out to everybody that's, um, you know, messaged us on different outlets, Facebook, uh, Twitter, asking for another uh, podcast. Really appreciate that. It's kind of a dry season right now in the NFL. Nothing really much going on, but, uh, you know, we're here to give you guys what you want. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, yep. Another off season episode, uh, but we'll start picking up steam soon now that some of the deadlines are coming up, including the, uh, the combine. Did you, do you ever really watch the combine? Like any of the, the videos or anything from that or did you just kind of watch the the headlines afterwards to see who stands out i really only like watching the the skill positions i really mm-hmm. uh enjoy watching the receivers watching the um the dbs do their drills and everything else like that and, and the quarterbacks you know at the end of the day it, it all comes down to everyone being um you know in in shorts and t-shirts or whatever or, or nowadays everyone runs in like those weird like leggings yeah and, and stuff that so um big fan of the 40 also um i think porsche gives like a 911 away to whoever runs the fastest 40 time hmm. like porsche and adidas have like some things so enjoy watching the 40 but you know uh the offensive line defensive line and stuff uh, i'm not really not really into that yeah well it's like before we started recording i was at on the computer and my daughter who's 10 was like kind of just looking over my shoulder and the Jaguars Facebook page had posted like one of those throwback Thursday things, uh, hashtag yeah. TBT. And, uh, it was Jalen, I guess it was Jalen Ramsey running the 40, but I don't know. Like even she was looking at it. It's like, Oh, that was cool. You know, you ran in a straight line and they timed him and that's neat. I don't know. I just never really have gotten into it. And didn't Matt Jones do really good in the combine too? I mean, there, there's countless players that have done really good in, in quote unquote drills, but when it comes to game time and it comes to game speed, you know, you just got to rely on those instincts. And, you know, that's one thing the combine can't really, you know, measure is game instincts and game, you know, speed. They can do like kind of, you know, uh, situations where you can simulate that, like the 40 time, I guess, because I guess that's like the average length of an NFL play mm-hmm. is uh, uh, like 40 yards or whatever or, you know, the, the time. But all in all, it's just another measuring stick. You know, you just never know who, who's going to be, you know, this year's. Uh, you know, Devontae Freeman or, you know, any other guy that didn't even get invited to the combine, that's a fourth round pick, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some of the recent headlines in the news. So kind of the thing that popped up today uh, in my Twitter feed that I thought was kind of interesting was uh, Tony Khan being named the vice chairman and director of football operations for Fulham. Um, and what was kind of weird about that is that in the Times Union, O'Halloran had said that he got a text message from him that he would remain in his role as the, you know, the guy in the stats department for the Jaguars too. So 
I don't know, like, that's kind of weird to me. Like, somebody had made a joke about uh, Coughlin essentially finding a way to, like, get him out of the team or whatever, so (laughs) to not have that influence or that statistical side of things, but um, I don't know. I mean, I don't see how you can do both of those jobs at the same time. I mean, director of football operations sounds like it's pretty much, like, the top position at the soccer club, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I have no idea how he's going to be spending half of his time in... Oh, where, where, where's, where's Fulham? Is it even in, it's like in London, right? Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> and then still, still, you know, being in charge of the analytics, you know, here. At first, you know, when, when he started coming out with the graphs and everything, it's like, all right, man, this is kind of cool. You know, these, this money ball, you know, these analytics that you're coming out with, these are, these are pretty cool. But then again, I mean, it hasn't really yielded, you know, any, benefits for us you know there's no as, as you as you guys in the financial world say roi <laughs> you know on us you know what i mean it's just all right you, you're pretty good with these stats you know let, let's see what kind of stats he can come up with and graphs they don't come up with full but yeah i agree with you i don't know how he's going to be able to do uh both jobs i have well, a hard time now um taking out the trash and washing the car on the same week <laughs> yeah well, I mean, the analytics stuff's apparently getting pretty big in soccer in general overseas. So I don't know if he's just kind of tapping into that, but, um, I don't know. I mean, that joke about Coughlin was funny, but at the same time, I do kind of wonder if, um, you know, with him coming in and him having his own approach and everything, I can't imagine that he just seems like the old school type of guy that wouldn't embrace the, the whole, the whole statistics money ball approach, like you said. And uh, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, but remember, wasn't it, uh, and I'm not bashing Tony Khan or anything, but I remember that article, I think it was Sports Illustrated, um, when he and Gus had just come on and he was like, he gave a memo to Gus uh, about like Blaine Gabbert, where if he gets X amount of time, like he's one of the top, you know, percentage passers in the league or something. I mean, some of the stuff about statistics, and I'm a huge Moneyball guy, but you can a lot of times make that stuff look however you want it to look. So it, when you say like how effective he's been as the analytics guy for the Jaguars, I mean, we haven't been winning, and I'm not sure how much Gus and them used the data that he provided, but I don't know that it's been particularly helpful at all. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There is some truth behind the analytics. You know, there there are patterns and, you know, statistics that things do fall in place. But you're not going to try to tell me that Blaine Gabbert can be almost as, as effective as any other quarterback if he gets maybe .9 seconds in the pocket. Yeah. You know, this guy literally, you know, falling down in the pocket before it even collapsed on him. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the money ball thing, it kind of works. I think it works better in, you know, sports like baseball, basketball, with those percentages where you can actually kind of control, right? you know, that, that, that field a little bit more. I mean, you can't really do that much and you can't really control that much in football. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the money ball approach is still just far off in football. It's just too complex to be able to narrow it down to the simple numbers like that. But Anyway, um, the other thing, uh, and, and I don't know if you remember seeing the Instagram post, but Jared Odrick, uh, got cut and then proceeded to, uh, I don't know if, how to take that. If he was just joking or kind of like, oh, I don't care, but he had the Instagram picture basically just saying, oh, I was cut by the Jaguars. No big deal. Man, you know, I, I feel, I feel, I, Jared Odrick is probably one of my, one of my favorite 
um, players on the team or what ex players um, due to his personality and if anyone ever you know notices he's a very articulate person mm-hmm. and uh, he writes a, he, he's written a couple um, articles for Monday morning quarterback uh, he's written a couple articles for ESPN um, he has an unorthodox training um, regimen that he does up in Canada that that's really interesting so and and, and having a couple of conversations with him outside of the stadium, He's just an all-around, like, you know, just down-the-earth awesome guy. I mean, I may, you know, have, you know, a, a thing for him, but, uh, <laughs> he, I mean, it, 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 he, he's cool, man. I mean, and that's just, and, and in the conversations that I've had and the things that I read, that's, that, that's typical J, J-O, you know what I mean? Dude, I, I think it, I don't think it's a, a great move by yeah. cutting him. I mean, you know, he was playing, he's a good player playing a, a pretty weird position, you know, versus, right. You know, whole defensive scheme was just weird. You know, you got Leo, you got Otto, you got this guy playing a three technique, but he's not really playing a three technique. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what he was here for and what he was, you know, he was here to stop the middle and he, and he really did. And I'm going to miss the Pee Wee Herman dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm going to miss the little videos of him up on the board because that was one scary guy on the uh, video boards up there with his faces and oh, yeah, menacing looks. <laughs> Between him and um, that one shot that they have of Cinderic Mark. Yeah. I don't know if, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. Black and white yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah. Those are two guys I, I wouldn't want to come across in the But I do wonder if his, like, kind of big personality, and again, I'm not going to make a judgment on the Instagram post. I mean, he was probably just having fun with it. But you do wonder in the back of your head if that's another Coughlin thing where it's like, you know, he doesn't want guys with, you know, personalities that are going to overcome the new discipline uh, style approach that he wants to, you know, take with the team. I mean, and, and, and once again, Tom Coughlin, you know, he, he is the, in the position that he's in now for a reason. If he can sense that, if he can see that, if he has that sixth sense and can identify that this guy may be a problem as far as discipline goes, or this guy may be, you know, cancerous as, as discipline goes. I mean, you got to make that call for the betterment of the team. I mean, we saved 8.5 million. Um, you know, in cap room, which really isn't big to us because, I mean, we've managed the salary cap now going on, what, four years and just been under and just keep rolling up money and keep rolling up money. You know, my, my thing is I want to know how we're going to spend all this money. Right. I mean, I, I want to know what, what, where's the return on investment on, on this. You know, when are we going to go out and get that blockbuster, you know, uh, Olivier Vernon that we missed up, that we missed on last year or that, that blockbuster, you know, player that's going to come in and just change, you know, the, 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 the Jaguars, you know, change the, the, the system and, and change the outlook on the NFL. Right. Well, one other question, uh, and, and kind of get your thoughts on this too, but if you remember with, uh, Beecham as well, who they haven't, uh, I guess they let him go at least for the time being, there's some people saying that he still might be back with the team, but it looks like at this point he's not. So another guy who after the season, you know, kind of, took it to Gus and kind of bad mouthed a little bit. And um, I don't know if it was necessarily derogatory, but he was certainly kind of speaking out. And again, another guy who maybe talked a little too much or had too many opinions outside the building that uh, isn't with the team anymore. So just to a certain extent, it seems like a little bit of a trend. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's just one of the things that I, 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 I think um, either Derek or, or yourself mentioned it in one of the podcasts that it'd be interesting to see the fallout on, uh-huh. on, on all of this. And, it, and it's interesting on, on two sides. 
one, you want to see who's going to come out and say something or who's going to be the first person to, to air out the quote-unquote dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, as a coach and then a, a teammate, you're going to see who's going to be that first person to air out the dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Um, it's just it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You, you want to know who's around you. But then again, you don't want somebody in there. It's like, okay, well, the first mistake that that, uh, that Doug makes when this guy gets let go Who's to say he's not going to come out and, you know, just start saying all this other stuff that was going on behind closed doors? Right, right. You know, but the Beecham thing is, is really interesting because they, I saw that they just re-signed um, Josh Wells. Right. And and you'd have to be, you know, a, a Jaguars fanatic to know who Josh Wells is. I mean, he's <laughs> only played 17, 17 games uh, in the last three years and limited to injuries. So... They may see some type of potential in him. I think both of his injuries were hand injuries, one on the left hand, one on the right. Um, but it's, it's just interesting to see why they, they re-signed him. But, you know, Beecham looked like, you know, he was on the upcoming with his, uh, his ACL and right. maybe was, you know, slated to have a great year, uh, as far as rehab goes to, uh, to try to, you know, be a cornerstone left tackle. So I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I, I hope they try to work something out so they can bring him in for a, a little bit less. Right. Well, and so kind of, uh, well, yeah, and that'll be, that'll be tough, I think, because I think he's going to have a pretty good market out there, probably. Um, but the two trends, not only the outspoken player trend of guys who seem to be exited from the team, but kind of like the Dave Caldwell recent free agent pickup, uh, exodus, cause, uh, and I'm still kind of confused on what this trade even was, to be honest with you, cause, we, I think we were all texting about it in a group text throughout the day as it changed every 30 minutes. The right. Julius Thomas kind of sort of for Brandon Albert with draft picks and other things trade that did those guys even end up getting traded for each other or was it for draft picks? I mean, I, I have no idea. I feel, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't, I don't think anyone will, will know until the league year begins on the ninth, uh, whenever they can agree to terms. Uh, apparently both sides have, have agreed to terms. Okay. I don't know what the terms are. You know, um, one, one there was a, a couple rumors out saying that it was just for draft picks and Julius Thomas, or it was just straight up, you know, Julius Thomas. Um, and at the end of the day, the last thing that I saw that it was, you know, we, we basically traded, uh, we swapped players. But we gave up a 2018 draft pick, and they gave up a 2017 draft pick. Hmm. I, and that's that. That is what I. That's the last thing that I saw. But why? Why not just trade straight up? I don't understand why. I just say, okay, well, we'll give you a draft pick for it this year, uh, or you give us a draft pick for next year, or you know, vice versa. But I mean, the offensive line, uh, anyone can see that it's just, you know, it's it's one of our our biggest concerns. Yeah, and. Uh, I think with the addition, um, you know, to, to Brandon Albert, I mean, he was a pro bowl, um, tackle, but then again, I don't want, I hope it's not one of those trends where the pro bowl tackles come, um, to Jacksonville to collect their retirement check. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Historically, I, mean, I feel like it's been that way. I think he's 32. So d- depending on the type of deal they sign, it's, it's definitely not a long-term solution. But then again, if you get him to a three, four year deal, and he is productive in those four years. It'd be an awesome stopgap to, right. to, to, you know, to, to try to go out and, uh, you know, find another career left tackle, you know, like a Baselli, uh, like we thought Joko was going to be, but we see how we know how that turned out. Right. 
Yeah, I didn't even realize in that trade because I was thinking like at first, you know, Miami, that's kind of a weird, weird deal. But uh, I guess uh, Adam Gaze, that was uh, him and Thomas were together when uh, Thomas was having his best season. So it kind of makes sense from that perspective. Oh, man, if if it works out, um, if if Julius Thomas is the Julius Thomas that was in Denver, it's going to be awesome between Tannehill, um, Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Julius Thomas, man, I mean, they're, they're going to be tough to stop. I mean, you know, Jay Ajayi, uh, came out of nowhere this year and was just an absolute beast in, in, in fantasy football and, and, uh, you know, just overall the NFL kind of took it by storm. Um, so, I mean, they, they definitely have some, some weapons. You throw in Jarvis Landry down there also. Uh, I mean, you've got, you know, pretty much your, 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 your foursome, you know, your quarterback, um, a stud receiver, a decent tight end and a, an awesome running back. You know, that's kind of the four cornerstones that, you know, you really get, uh, get your, your offense going. Yeah. I know you were excited about the, uh, Avery Jones resigning, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, I like AB. Um, I think he's awesome. Um, again, I think he's limited in some of his potential because of that weird position that he was playing. He was kind of playing that same, that, that interior lineman mm-hmm. that was lost up in Gus's, uh, scheme. Right. You know, the only thing that, 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 um, that I know is that, I mean, he's had 32 tackles, um, you know, this, this last season and, you know, none of them were sacks. So that tells me that he's good with his hands. He's good shooting up off the ball and then creating that separation between the offense and the line to kind of see where the play is going and, and, and stop the, the, the running backs either at the line or behind the line of scrimmage, yeah. which is exactly what that defensive tackle position is supposed to do. Um, I think it adds a lot of depth to uh, a lot of long-term depth to the defensive line that we have right now with Malik Jackson, Sanderic, uh, you know, Roy Miller, if he does come back, um, you know, right there in that, that whole interior line, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. And then one uh, re-signing that for some reason just got a lot of heat. I don't know. Cause I mean, I never got the impression, at least to this point, um, that Bortles was in any trouble to have any kind of serious quarterback competition. And I think, I mean, of course, it could still happen with a draft pick or a free agent pickup. But, I mean, it's pretty much at this point, I think, safe to say that he's going to get a shot to be the starter this season, at least I think. But, uh, right. you know, Henny was re-signed as the backup. So, I mean, I think we we both are probably on the same page that that's – Considering what the forecast is, is that Bortles is going to stick around and Henny in that mentor role, it's probably a good good re-signing. Yeah, I think that, you know, this is kind of the last, I don't want to say the last year, but it's definitely a prove-it year, uh, you know, for, for Blake. I feel that, you know, with the Chad Henny signing, of course, he's just a career backup, and, 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 and Henny can facilitate when he needs to. Um, but I'm more intrigued about Brandon Allen. Hmm. You know, I want to I, I want to see. You know, he's kind of been just slated as just a a, a non dressed quarterback, and I think they do that sometimes just to save uh, room on the salary, or excuse me, just to save room on the roster. Right. Like if they know that Blake's going to get hurt, well, we, at least we got Chad. Well, let's bring in another corner or another nickel or something like that. But I'm really, I, I'm really, I really want to see. You know what this Brandon Allen uh, guy has, has has got. I I'm really intrigued with that. All right. Any other transactions that kind of caught your attention? Um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. The the Aurelius Ben um, signing was a, was pretty good. You know, it's not that uh, it doesn't take up that much of cap room. 
Um, I like how we can still utilize his versatility with him being an awesome special teams player. You guys know I love special teams player. Uh, special uh, teams players make special plays. You know, he's always down there, uh, um, reliable. He's always great on kickoff return. Uh, excuse me, kickoff. Uh, yeah, kick return. Excuse me. And uh, and some of the ways that he con- contributes on uh, on special teams. Also, uh, you know, he had the lone, probably one of the best plays of the year that yeah. sliding catch Chicago and, and then getting up and running. So, yep. uh, you know, be excited to, to see how he does in a, in a fully healthy year. Also, uh, I think he can, can contribute to a lot of that veteran leadership. All right. The only kind of like overarching thing with, with how, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of transactions yet. We haven't even gotten to the draft or free agency, but it just seems like I kind of had the question and maybe I'm kind of overdoing this a little bit, but I had to question the fact that Dave Caldwell is still here to a certain degree because it does seem like a lot of these transactions are almost like Tom Coughlin's just hitting the undo button on a lot of the stuff that he's done recently. Um, you know, we're, it just seems like a weird setup at this point. You know, what influence does Caldwell even have at this point? Is he just in the scouting, or is he making any decisions? Does he have a say in the decisions? I, I don't know. It's a very weird transition right now because I think they they still are both kind of filling filling each other out, and you know, it's one of those relationships that uh, the fans will have to go uh, to to grow to understand also, because you know, we get so caught up in these in these titles and. Who has more power? Who can do what? Who can do this? I think Coughlin is honestly, you know, coming in from that first meeting that he had with, uh, with, with Sean Khan and, 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 and Dave wasn't there. He assessed the roster. And I think now Coughlin is kind of going through and, you know, kind of cleaning house and, you know, getting rid of some of the things, kind of getting rid of some of the pieces, seeing who's here, who's there, uh, where they can, where they can utilize. And, you know, Dave is probably, you know, reduced to that uh, that scouting role, uh, you know, kind of like an executive scout. Because I mean, we 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 know now that who has the who has the black face, you know, right. the, between Coughlin and Caldwell. So it's just one of those things now where we're just gonna have to learn, you know, as the as the season goes by on who who really you know has the power or who uh, who can do what. Yeah. Well. I definitely don't think if it were just Caldwell still as the GM, we'd be seeing a lot of the uh, the moves that we're seeing um, at this point. You know, not not all of them, but at least the big ones we just talked about. So um, I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. But it's definitely picking up a little bit in terms of actual real uh, Jaguars football things that we can talk about, which is kind of exciting. Um, yeah. Now, as far as kind of non Jaguars news. Um, you had kind of a interesting tidbit that you'd seen on the internet uh, with some copyright infringement, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. So uh, part of the reason why I have very few old logo things is because I wasn't really a big fan of the just the head of the Jaguar. I was a fan of the sprawling Jaguar, you know, with the, and the swipe, and you know that I was a fan of that logo. I wasn't really a fan of the. Just the, the the regular head, and and now here's why, because a uh, Brazil City in uh, Sao um, Fernando do Campo, <laughs> our Brazilian listeners out there in, in Sao Paulo, if you can send a audio of the correct uh, pronunciation, I will correct myself if I'm wrong. <laughs> but um, you know the the old logo was being used on the environmental police cars. Now I'm not sure exactly what they're cleaning up. 
But if I hear environmental police, I, um, you know, I, I think of, uh, you know, retention ponds. <laughs> uh, we're going to clean out, uh, you know, septic tanks, uh, you know, waste dis- distribution. Um, so that has, you know, really led to me getting rid of almost all of my stuff now because every time I see that logo, I'm going to think of environmental police. Yeah, I definitely am anti old logo now, like especially because you'll see like all these sales like on Fanatics and, you know, my daughter will point out things like at the store, you know, stuff that's like really old attire. And even now she's to the point where she knows like, oh, that's old logo. You don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. Dude, I may be. I, I mean, it's definitely a first world problem. friend. <laughs> that where the old logo stuff still. I, I mean, you can have a couple pieces of merchandise here and there. Like, I've got a hoodie with the old logo on it that's pretty good. I got an old logo pint glass that I drink out of yeah. all the time. I love it. But when you're out, you know, rocking your old logo gear, like, <laughs> the, like new stuff, it's like, come on, man. We've had the new logo for about four years. Oh, and then we had that one year where we just transitioned. It was like a weird transition to the teal jerseys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It was yeah. just like a weird like our helmets were like teal in the in the sunshine. Like the also. glitter or whatever. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had that we had, I call those lost years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well that's really funny actually. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I mean it's just like something about it just just screams and I know we had it in the two thousands too, but just something about it like screams nineties and, and old and clearance and you know, different things. But again, that like you said, first world problem, very materialistic, I guess. But um, Yeah, I, we I, gotta bring back the sprawling Jaguar. That's the best logo. If we ever do a throwback game, which we've been petitioning, if we ever do one, I need the teal with white pants, black stripe and and the and the sprawling jaguar on the side. See and maybe you, you've heard about this, but the word was for the longest time that Shad Khan is like anti-teal. Like, have you ever heard that before? Like, he's wanted to get rid of teal. Yeah, which I don't understand why. It's the only we're the only we're the only team in the NFL that has teal as a color. Hmm. Like, why would you be anti? You know, what? Why? I don't understand. Why would you be anti-teal? And it aggravates me even more because I went and got a teal jersey made with my name on it and I wear it out and some people are like, dude, is that even a real Jags jersey? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I've never seen them wear that jersey because they've only worn it once. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of like pro getting rid of teal. I don't know. I just, I think it, the, the, uh, everything looks cooler with the gold, the black and all that stuff. So you like the honey mustard. You yeah. like the honey mustard over the teal. Yeah, I actually like the uh, color rush uh, uniforms that we wore. I thought they were pretty cool looking. I'm not hating them, but I'm just saying it's not better than teal. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think teal's kind of like a '90s thing, isn't it? I mean, a- along with like that Kelly Kapowski sweatshirt that you that you probably have on right now. <laughs> <laughs> the teal and the old logo fit in perfectly with the Daily's Place lineup that's coming up. So uh, actually, it makes <laughs> sense. Um, the other thing that's uh, non Jaguars, but also kind of Jaguars, that is like long time in the making is that the you know the skyway which is famous for like g- getting people nowhere pretty much i mean there's some people that use it for work but for the most part that thing is just pointless and yeah. supposedly there was a vote with JTA to to basically uh replace or renovate it where it's going to be you know i guess no there's no driver. I mean, is there even a driver now? I don't know because I've never ridden on it before. But apparently, it's going to actually go to the sports complex now, which 
is the smartest thing ever, and it should have always been that way, because it only makes sense, because that's sort of like the central hub of everything that usually is going on downtown. So, I right. mean, this is pretty good news, I think. I think it's beneficial for the city by far. It starts out um, in the middle of nowhere, right? Like yeah. Prime Osborne? Yeah. Okay, so then, so it's supposed to take you from the Prime Osborne to the stadium. Right now, it kind of takes you from the Prime Osborne to like the Hemming Plaza area, and then it, it, does it go anywhere from there? Uh, I think it takes you then to an abandoned parking garage, and then an abandoned oh, that, building. That, that, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, exactly one of the reasons why I've never ridden the Skyway in my entire. I, yeah. I didn't even know it was real. I was going on a meeting uh, downtown once, and I and I saw it running, and I was like, "Oh my god, it, it, it's really a real thing!" Of course, nobody was on it. Yeah, but, uh, right. Yeah, no, I mean, if that, if that happens, you know, that, that, um, eliminates one less thing that, you know, uh, creates, that, or that limits Jacksonville from being a quote unquote big city is, uh, a major public transportation rail system. Right. So, uh, a lot of other big, big cities that I've been to, uh, you know, on the East Coast, they have some type of public transportation that's railway or, you know, a, a very intricate bus system. So, it's cool. I mean, I, I like it. I, I wrote it. Uh, actually, I've seen it running during one spot, and it was pretty cool to see that many people uh, on it then. So if it can run from uh, the Prime Osborne downtown to the stadium, why not? Yeah. And as there's more stuff down there and more people like living down there, um, especially younger people in the different areas downtown, I mean, that'll be big as far as, uh, and I think especially for small business wanting to come down there and knowing that there's more accessible ways for people to get to the different restaurants and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be good. So I'm excited about yeah. that. And then lastly, um, in addition to our upcoming uh, Jumbo Shrimp podcast that we'll be starting, um, have you heard about the uh, the Jacksonville Iceman? Uh, I'm not really a hockey fan, hmm. you know, so I was hoping they would have uh, come with something a little bit more obscure, like maybe the – you know, the Jacksonville oysters, you know, something that's served on ice, you yeah. know, like the, the clams or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, the Icemen, a lot of people that I, a lot of guys that I work with, uh, they're, they're huge on hockey and uh, they think it's going to be uh, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jacksonville uh, sports supporter. So, you know, I, I'm that guy that has my Armada T-shirt on. I can't name the starting eleven. But whatever, I'm from Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, I'm that guy that's going to have my jumbo shrimp, shrimp and ate easy shirt because <laughs> I'm from Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, of course, that just adds more, more, uh, more merchandise to my, to my sports closet. I, I like it and I am definitely a hockey fan. Like I was huge into the Barracudas and like the, I'm definitely going to wear the Lizard Kings jersey that you seem to think I don't actually have, but I do have. It's just in storage somewhere. It's a throwback. It's awesome. Prove it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that for sure. But I just I hate the name though. I feel like they just stuck it in like some team name sports generator thing on the internet, and that's what they came up with. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't know. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really fit the you know the mold. You know, like I said, they need to come up with something a little bit more cold. Like the, I mean, what wasn't their team called like the Solar Bears or something? Yeah, well, that's one of the other teams in the in the league. Yeah. Yeah, see, we need something with a play on words like that. Yeah, not the the Icemen in Jacksonville, Florida is dumb, but that's okay. We'll still support them. Um, Any final thoughts before we we wrap it up? 
Um, you know, getting married this weekend. So, uh, you know, if you guys uh, see me on Twitter or Snapchat uh, this weekend, getting married. But uh, other than that, man, just just can't wait for the football season. I think this is like the third Sunday coming up with no football, and I'm going through withdrawals. So, yep, hurry yep. up. Yep, that's true. And yeah, congrats uh, to uh, Mister and uh, future Mrs. JK3. That's exciting. Ooh, that's, I think that's what we'll be announced as. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be uh, Facebook Live the entire wedding on uh, on Down by the Bank Facebook page. So just a heads up. Hey, man, make you send those likes. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.